Hi, this is John Harcher, and welcome to episode 34 of Valleys of Numenor. We're up to episode 2 of Foundation's second season. Our mother and daughter heroes are trying to get off their former home planet. The Cleons are about to go back to expanding the dynasty the old-fashioned way. And the vault is opening on Terminus, meaning we're coming up on the second crisis. Episode 34, Foundation 0202, A Glimpse of Darkness. Woo, scary kids. Woo, really. Series creator David S. Goyer takes the reins for this episode. Well, Salver wanted Harry out of the box, so she got him, and he's not happy. When Gale put his consciousness in the box, she didn't realize while she went to sleep, he wouldn't, so he was up the whole time. All 138 years. She tells him she's worried about the plan being off course. He says it's off because it was calculated on the basis of there being the second foundation, which someone was supposed to have started up already. He doesn't know Salver, so it turns out his two consciousnesses don't know each other. He tells him there will be war between Trantor and Terminus unless the second foundation starts up now. He does what Salver wants to reboot the system, but there's coral stuck on the flaps. Harden goes outside in the rain and starts working just as a giant wave hits the ship. She clears the coral and entails Gale to take off even though she's still outside. The wave turns the ship almost perpendicular when she fires the engine and it goes right through the waves, up above the clouds, and it's just all bright sunshine. You know, George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg probably could have used something like that. Salvor gets back inside and she gets a hug from Mom. We then go to the planet Suena, a planet way out there. Looks like the girl from Schindler's List or whatever that was at the end of Don't Look Now was riding on some alien beast. But it's some kind of priestess and she discovers something. She goes to a fellow priest who's drunk and drags him outside. They find a fellow and hear it tied to a tree that's been struck by lightning. Turns out they're followers of Selden and the locals don't necessarily want to be converted. On Trantor, Day is studying some murals when Demerzel tells him that Dawn and Dusk did not send the assassins, or at least they don't remember doing it. With things in such chaos, she comes up with someone who everyone will trust to handle things. Everyone except the Emperor. General Bel Rios is regarded as a hero, but only because he didn't listen to what the Emperor wanted him to do. After Day spouts off, he tells her to make sure he accepts the offer. Either his signature or his brains will be on the... Wait, did they still do that? Anyway. At dinner, Dusk is not thrilled with the prospect of that either. They're also not thrilled with the etiquette teacher Day has amusing in preparation for the marriage. Things aren't well between the three. Out in space, Gale tells Salver why the second foundation didn't start. Harry does his usual answer without answering. They can't really interfere in the war since the first foundation can't know the second foundation exists. Think of it as a sort of Inverse prime directive, I guess. He tells them the foundation left unchecked will become as bad as the Empire, so she realizes that she and Salver together may be able to spot the turning point. Turns out it's another 150 years in the future. Even though she thinks she'll be dead, Harry says she slept through one century. Who's to say she won't do it again? At the dinner on Trantor, the Queen is really pressing points, like she knows about the assassination attempt. She then tells of how a family tragedy brought her to the throne with no plan on how to rule, 
So she will do things her own way. She brings up to Dawn that if she has children, his reason for being will be gone. No need for him to become day later on. The three reply that they're all the same. She asks to see the room where all the clones are grown, which is something no one is supposed to know about as well. Day and Sarath leave for a tour of the room where she sees the original Cleon and his possible replacement had the attempt succeeded. She asks about Demersal. Apparently, she doesn't know about her. No matter how they have their children, natural or otherwise, it will lead to Day's disposal eventually. She also knows about the corruptions of the genes. How did she know all this? Back on Suena, the female cleric prepares to set up a show, but people aren't much interested yet. They're a rowdy and immoral bunch, sort of like Gamora and that other place. She gives her full name as novice, cleric, brother, constant of the Foundation. Ugh, that's a mouthful. She says the Foundation can help out where the Empire gave up, but the gang want her gone. They try to catch her, but her shield wards them off. Suddenly the sky grows dark and the other brother comes down from the heavens or his own ship. He raises a heckler up off the ground, dumps her in a trough where those weird things are drinking. Turns out it's a pitch meeting to join the Seven Worlds timeshare. He says he saw Harry 138 years ago and he'll tell them what he promised. But then they get a call to go back to the ship. They find out the vault is open and they have to return to Terminus. Wait, did he say he saw Harry last time? Do we know him? In space, Gail, Salver, and Harry try to figure out how she's going to take the trip into the future. She figures out the best way to do it is to lose all her oxygen. One heck of a way to do it. As she starts to pass out, she starts hearing a war zone, then begins to see it. Galdornik has become unstuck in time. She lands 150 years later and sees a strange mutant shooting at her. He catches her and tries to get her to divulge where the second foundation is. He realizes she's from a different era before Hober Mallow did what he did. When she makes up, she tells him the mule is the one who will bring the darkness. If he's worried about the second foundation, that means it can still happen. So with that in mind, they head toward the planet of Ignis. Back on Terminus, Warden Jaeger has been waiting for the two clerics to return to the vault. It turns out the elder brother is that kid Polly back from Salver's day, so he's still around. Turns out he'll only be there for a crowd control while Jaeger will talk to Harry. Polly's not thrilled about this, especially since he was used to recruit planets for war. Harry was right. They've begun acting almost as bad as the Empire already. One more thing, Brother Constant is the new mayor's daughter. Everything's tied together. See what I always say. Everyone heads up to the vault and Jaeger reels off some high-sounding gibberish and the vault begins to open. He moves towards the vault and is lifted off his feet, but suddenly starts saying the name Hover Mallow over and over and over again, and then he blows up. He blows up real good. The vault also joins in with the call as it spells out the name Hober Mallow for all to see. Out in space, Salver wakes up to find Gale sitting at the controls, worrying about what they're about to do. She tells her she saw one more thing and the mule attacked. She saw Salver next to her, dead on the ground. Not exactly a pleasant future. Last season, things were sort of moving into place and general themes were laid out. This episode, the future of the whole series is practically laid out in full. We find out what the second foundation's for. We hear about Hober Mallow and Del Rios, two major characters from the next couple of original stories. 
and we are introduced to the mule, who is the being that almost brings it all crashing down. Goyer is apparently going to tie all these together, which is one way of doing it. It's similar in that way to what Rings of Power is doing. This just spreads it out over a little bit longer stretch. It's ambitious, all right, and Goyer doesn't stick to traditional storytelling here, so it should keep things interesting. When these characters actors show up, we'll go over their roles in the original story and see how they match up with their TV counterparts. Next episode, we'll see if we get to meet our next two main characters and if they're going to stick around for the rest of the series. That's next time on Valleys of Numenor. Please hit the subscribe button. If you like what you're hearing, I'm John Hartra. Thanks for listening.